When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Situation Room. Welcome to the Situation Room. Welcome to the Situation Room. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Situation Room. I'm here with my co-host, Gabe Ferguson. You guys can check us out on Twitter. I'm at BSL Jordan Co. He's at Gabe Fergie. Um, we're both, you can find our podcast at filmstudybaltimore.com. Um, a lot of great content there and a lot of great discussions about kind of these Ravens teams. And, you know, what we're trying to do here on this show is break down these games and talk a little bit about the impact plays and what there is to take away from them and what we saw on the field happening and what we think is going to move forward with this team. And so, Gabe, I, you know, I think this all starts with the pretext of, what do we expect from this team heading into kind of the next four weeks or is it five weeks? The next four more weeks. Four, yeah. The next four weeks. And and what do we, what did we see from this Cowboys game? And was it enough to say that, you know, we're confident that the Ravens are going to win out because I think there, there are really few circumstances where the Ravens won't make the playoffs if they, do, if they, if they win out. Um, and so that was the big question for me heading into this Dallas game. What'd you see? Yeah, I think we both, had the expectation that the Ravens offense should kind of get back on track in this game. And if it didn't happen in a significant way, then things were not going to be um, good. Um, So I think that happened. You know, we saw the Ravens run for almost 300 yards, which is, you know, I mean, that's, that's impressive. And any way you cut it, that's impressive. I think obviously it was a poor run defense and they ran the ball a lot. So you, you should pick up, you know, some, some yards there, but um, I, th- I think it wasn't all just, you know, the run game. I think Lamar Jackson was very impressive in some of his scrambles. Um, he kind of went back to doing some of those things that we saw from him last year on a, on a fairly regular basis. He was just able to pick up the yards and and the plays that needed to be made in certain spe- specific times. You know, there's a, a few third down conversions I can think of in particular where, you know, it was just Lamar. Um, he didn't have anybody open and he made a couple players miss and picked up that third down. And, that's kind of what the Ravens need at this point. They don't, especially when they're lacking somebody like Mark Andrews, um, they need somebody who can make those plays. And that was Lamar Jackson in this game. Yeah. I mean, the big takeaway, well, no, I, I think you're right that the offense definitely looked like it was more on track and it more headed in the right direction. And I, I want to say more about that, but before I do the pop quiz question of the day is who has looked worse at times, Leighton Vander Esch or Patrick queen? <laughs> Wow, that was you know, that. I mean, we, we will talk more about a certain play. I'm thinking about uh, where Lamar Jackson scored a touchdown, run, running the ball. But 
wow, he he did not have a good game for for the Cowboys. And he was someone who was being hyped up as, you know, rookie of the year. Did he win rookie of the year or defensive rookie of the year a couple of years back? He, he had won, but he was he was in the conversation. He had a fantastic rookie season and now he's this looks like a guy who's completely lost out there. So that's it's kind of weird. I think he might have been the victim on the Boykin touchdown too. Like yeah, I think he that definitely got him. play action. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, you know, I think going back to the question about the Ravens and their offense, there certainly was life that we saw here. Um, I, I, I would agree. This was a different Lamar Jackson than the, than I think we've seen the last, well, really like eight weeks in terms of running the ball. And so maybe the time off allowed him to get his legs healthy. And maybe that was part of it. I think there were a lot of conversations of Lamar looks like he's half a step slow. And so maybe this is just, him kind of being able to recover from that and let his legs rest and, and kind of get back in rhythm um, from a running perspective. And and that's huge. Right. Um, and so from that sense of the takeaway, it's great. And, you know, I, I think watching the game, my initial take was there's nothing to take away here that the Cowboys are just really bad on defense and there's not a whole lot to see. And I think the Ravens kind of sputtered both on offense and on defense kind of in the second and kind of like early parts of the third quarter. Um, but in the late part of the third quarter and then and into the fourth quarter, they really picked up their picked up the steam. And so um, I was glad to see that. And I think that's those are the things that I want to uh, that are kind of the takeaways to me, which is that those moments where they did look in sync and that they things were going correctly and looking a little bit better. Can they build on those moments and can they continue to replicate them and find ways to kind of fix some of the things even amongst that that weren't going well? Yeah, I think this definitely wasn't, you know, the most crisp game. It, it wasn't nearly the level sloppy that we saw uh, last week against the Steelers, but there was definitely some failed execution. I think there were some miscommunications on defense. We saw, you know, special teams play that's very uncharacteristic, both from a missed field goal and from that long return that was allowed to the Cowboys. Um, I, I was looking at that, that return, actually, and I, I counted at least three or four guys who were brand new to the team, you know, players who were not the usual players who should be out there. And I think that's a big reason why, you know, the Ravens might not have covered that kick the way they would have at the beginning of the year. You had a lot of kind of those like end of the roster guys who are really there just to play special teams that haven't been able to play at, at this stage of the season. So I think that's something that we have to look out for uh, moving forward. And it might just be an idea to have Justin Tucker kick it out of the end zone whenever possible now. Um, but, but getting back to the, you know, the offensive execution, I think, I think the Ravens missed Mark Andrews in this game. And, you know, obviously they missed him, you know, last week too, but for a lot of the things that the Ravens do in the passing game, I think it revolves around him. You know, he's someone who requires attention from the defense. He kind of, he occupies a couple of defenders. A lot of times it's what defenses are doing. They're kind of bracketing him and that's allowing a wide receiver to get open or he's the guy who's, who's running open and, and making plays. And without having him on the field, it really limited the Ravens' passing attack. And I think, you know, we saw Hollywood Brown make a couple of really nice plays. That, that The touchdown catch in, in particular was, was really something that was pretty to watch. Um, but I think overall, the passing game still has room that it needs to improve. Um, There's a lot of kind of off-target throws we're going to talk a little bit about as well. Um, but... I, I think you just have to go back and look at what the Ravens did on the ground and 
And, you know, the, the, the blocking up front was really good. I know it wasn't a great defensive front for the Cowboys, but I do think that, you know, the Ravens are moving in the right direction in terms of what they're doing on offense with their run game. Um, I've seen a few things that they've gotten rid of, and I think um, you might want to talk about that as well. But some of those unblocked plays where they're forcing a defender to kind of um, try to make, make him make a guess, and a lot of times it's blowing up the Ravens' face, they're seeming to get somebody on that player now, and it's allowing them to not get those zero negative yardage plays. Praise the Lord if those plays are out of the playbook. There are they might have been the thing that has bothered me the most about this season. And there have been a lot of things that bothered me about this season. Um, and I do think that you can chalk a lot of this game up to there just being a lot of new faces and a lot of guys needing to be integrated. I mean, Campbell and Williams did not play full slates of this game. Um, you saw in the secondary, a whole, you know, Averick coming back for the first time, no Jimmy Smith, no Traymond Williams in this game. Um, on offense, you had no Willie Sneed, no Mark Andrews, um, Makari and Skura just both coming back. Skura obviously not playing a ton. Powers just kind of getting things settled in. A rotation between Phillips and Fluker. There are lots of reasons why this game may not have looked crisp, and I think I'm willing to, in this moment, give the Ravens a pass on that. I do want to talk about the defense briefly because I think most of the the plays that we're going to break down and the analysis that we want to really get into is going to be on the offensive side. Um, my only comment about the defense, and and you know, I kind of want to tackle this up top, is that it feels like the Ravens have gotten soft on third downs or soft on big downs or big moments or like the killer instinct spots. And Wink has been, you know, at times still dialed up some really great blitzes. And at times I am critical of Wink and how he blitzes. I think Marlon Humphrey should blitz less. I think you let the weak side inside linebacker blitz more and like let Humphrey be the guy that covers the middle of the field in those instances. If that's what you want to do, that kind of stuff. I think you can be differently creative in there. That's more successful, but even outstanding of that, sometimes the Ravens just need to get into cover zero, put seven guys at the line of scrimmage that look like they're going to rush. If those guys block, rush all seven and man up your other four guys and pressure the quarterback. Um, and I felt in this game, the Ravens weren't willing to do that. And I'm willing to give them a little bit of a pass in this moment. But there's going to be no passes to be given out next week. This is a, a must win game against Baker Mayfield. And he's a must blitz and must pressure quarterback. He absolutely folds in the pressure of where he thinks those moments are coming from. I think I said that backwards. He, he, he collapses in those moments where he thinks the pressure is coming from somewhere. It may not. And the Ravens need to dial it up. And I would be fine within every passing situation next week in the first quarter where the Ravens blitzed every single guy and let every other guy be in man to man coverage down the field. Um, just to scare the crap out of him and just to put some pressure on him. So I'm willing to give a pass only because there are a lot of new faces and a lot of things are changing, but I'd like to see the Ravens step up the aggression there. Um, and I think that they're going to have to, to continue to be successful and not let these teams, even at times the Cowboys had these like eight, nine, 10 play drives. And that's the thing that's kind of annoyed me the most. I think about the Ravens defense this entire season. Yeah, the the Ravens have definitely kind of gone more towards this bend but don't break style in the past few weeks. Um, you know, they did it a little bit against Tennessee. They definitely did it against Pittsburgh, which was understandable. Um, but I didn't think they would have to do it against in this game, but they did um, in, a, in a lot of ways. They were not um, being really aggressive with their 
you know, their fronts, um, they weren't, I mean, they did blitz some, um, and they, they actually got burned by the blitz a little bit. Um, but I think that I agree with you, especially in terms of the next game um, against Baker, because he, as you said, is someone who generally does not play well under pressure, um, especially if he's confused by the pressure and confused by the coverage. If you can, if you can combine those two things, get him a little off, you know, off his initial read and then also have pressure in his face. I think that's something that is going to be problematic um, for the Browns. But on the other hand, you know, the, the Browns also have one of the best offensive lines, if not the best offensive lines in the league. So you really do have to be creative um, and know how they, you know, do their protections and figure out how to attack them. So I'm hopeful that Wink is going to have, you know, a play or plays in mind in order to, to, kind of increase that that pressure um, because that's something that they're going to have to do. Um, in this game, there really wasn't a lot of pressure. I think um, Jihad Ward might have been the Ravens' best pass rusher, which is interesting because he's been a guy who's been a game day inactive um, several times this year, um, especially after the y- Yannick Ngakwe trade. Uh, I, I think Ngakwe also had a nice game in terms of pr- providing some pressure off the edge. Um, yeah, the Ravens didn't get many sacks in this one, but I, I do think that um, those will come eventually, and I, I'm hoping that next week is is where it comes. If not next week, it'll it'll definitely come against some of the, the inferior teams that they're going to play down the stretch. All that being said, um, next week is is really the game that matters, and the defense is going to have to play better. The, the run defense is going to have to play better, like you're talking about with with some of these long drives that the the Cowboys were able to put together. The Browns can do that to you too. They have, you know, obviously one of the best run games in the NFL. They have two really good running backs and, you know, you have to be able to get them into this, those kind of third and long situations. And that requires stop, stopping the run early because the Browns will run the ball. So you're going to have that ability to stop them on early downs, put them in third and longs and then pressure Mayfield. And that's, and that's really the, the key to keeping, you know, the Browns contained is, is not letting them getting into these like, you know, advantageous downs and distances where they can, you know, roll with play action and, and, and hit you with these deep passes over the top. So I'm hopeful that, you know, the defense will get healthier. We'll get Judon back. Um, yeah. Hopefully get Jimmy Smith back and, and just hope for the, that, the, that Wink has like a really good game plan for that one. Yeah. And, you know, I think this is where the offense and, and what we really want to break down can make a difference in this game. Cause what you just talked about is like, don't let play action be a threat. Like don't let them be able to run the ball with any consistency because if they do and you can keep it relatively contained, it's not going to be enough for them to win. And I think the Ravens on offense could be the place where they really make a difference. And so, you know, let, let's do this a little more Clint Eastwood style with a little bit of kind of, um, you know, good, bad and ugly. And and let's start with, let's, let's start with where we think the Ravens need to do some work because, I think we saw some real rust from Lamar in this game. And I think mechanically we saw a very lazy, lazy is not a great word to use, but a not efficient and not smart Lamar Jackson in this game. And I think we saw that on, you know, in particular, we can start with the throw in the red zone um, for the Ravens to Miles Boykin, you know, and I think that, you know, that was just a ball. We have not seen Lamar throw the ball into the ground like that since really his rookie year. Um, and that was one of those plays where he had his guy, he had kind of enough room and space to set and he just, he throws the ball straight up into the ground. You know, what'd you see on that play? 
Yeah, so this was kind of one of those plays that we've talked about before where, you know, they move the pocket a little bit and give Lamar, you know, a, a nice kind of protection. He does have to avoid a rusher coming from the backside, which I think he does a really good job of doing. Um, but, you know, then he, he, I mean, it looks like he has, you know, pretty good, you know, footwork. Like he's not like trying to throw from a weird angle or anything, but he just doesn't throw an accurate ball. I, it is kind of, you know, he has to kind of fit it into a window. It's not like the tightest of windows, but um, he has to get it in between a couple of defenders, but the ball is just nowhere near where it has to be. And it, if, if he's going to air, you should probably air, you know, maybe throwing it a little high and, and make it a play, place where only his guy can go up and get it. But you can't, you have to at least allow your, your wide receiver the opportunity to make a play on it. And it was just, it was just a poorly thrown ball. I don't, I don't know if it just came off his hand wrong or if it's just one of those things where he's shaking off the rust, but you know, this could have been a touchdown very easily. Um, I think, you know, most NFL quarterbacks are capable of making that throw. And I know Lamar's capable of making that throw. It's just, in this situation, he was not able to either get the right mustard on it, or maybe he was still kind of a little frantic with like trying to avoid the pressure and didn't want to, you know, make a, make a interception there, or he was maybe a little hesitant to to put it in a little bit more better catchable position. But regardless, you know, that wasn't a play that killed the Ravens, but I think it was a, an example of a play where Lamar needs to be better. Yeah, you know, I think you're cutting him a little too much slack here. Uh, let, I, I want to talk about the play design first because I think this is one that's really effective. The Ravens, when they make it look like they're going to run to the right with Lamar, will get an overcommitment, especially from the outside contain guys who, in this instance, go almost all the way to the sideline before they come back and pressure Lamar. That gives him ample time and space to be able to get set and make a throw if he needs to. Um, and you're able to take advantage of that. You, you're able to kind of suck linebackers all the way to the sideline in instances where if that's Andy Dalton, they're not going to overcommit in that same way. Um, I like the, that in that sense that this is the play call. And I like that Boykin stops kind of on the R in the end zone. It drifts back. That's that's the advantage of this play, right? That everything is moving one way. You get behind the defender, and you get you're able to as as the receiver to drift back to the other side. That being said, when Ramar, Lamar goes to release this ball, the two rushers that you're talking about are farther away from Lamar than the defender is. If you pause this at the 10 second mark of what we're going to put up on Twitter, um, they're farther away from Lamar than the defender is from Boykin and Boykin is drifting back. All Lamar has to do, like you said, is really just loft that ball up and there is a wide open window. He can really loft it to the, really the M um, if you're looking at the end zone from kind of this perspective to the corner of the M and the O and Boykin's going to be able to make that catch. You give him all the time in the world. You give him all the air that you need, and that's another touchdown. So um, he slings it. He basically, he you know, it's not one of those ones where he doesn't set his back foot, but it, it's one of those ones where he drops his elbow, and he essentially is pushing the ball, and that's what drives it into the ground. And this is an instance where the ball needs to be higher, and it's just bad mechanics from Lamar's part to be able to make that throw. Now, I think you're right. Lamar was sick all week. He, had, he was COVID symptomatic. It wasn't that, that he was asymptomatic like other players were. It sounds like the strain of COVID that he got was worse than what others have had. I'm willing to cut him some slack on this, but this is the kind of play call and this is the kind of throw that you can't miss. And ironically, this is the exact opposite of what happened on kind of the Andrews type play that they did that was like this, but not similar a few weeks ago where he didn't throw it high enough and deep enough again, and he kind of shorted it. And you see the same thing happen here. He needs to be able to kind of have the rhythm and the understanding to be able to know what a throw to that back sideline really looks like. 
Yeah, I, I think you're right. This is just a mechanics thing. And it, it's it's a thing where if he, you know, uses the proper, you know, arm angle, the right release, it, it's, it's going to be an easy touchdown. And he just, like, he doesn't, and he knows right away. You see his reaction. He's, like, he's really upset. Like, he's just, like, he just bends over and is, like, what? I can't believe I just missed that. That's a throw that I, he probably makes, you know, 95 out of 100 times. And he just, for whatever reason, it didn't, he wasn't able to complete it here. So I'm not trying to give him like an easy pass is a throw he absolutely needs to make. Um, I'm giving him a pass for the reasons that you mentioned, you know, recovering from COVID, you know, he's hasn't really been able to practice for probably much of two weeks because he was someone who just came off on, on Sunday. He wasn't cleared for a while and the, the Ravens hadn't practiced even before the Steelers game. So he has been definitely not able to have much alive fire. Um, all that being said, yeah, I mean, this is a throw that I'm going to expect him to make um, moving forward. And and I like what you said as well about it being a play design that I think can really be useful. Um, Boykin was wide open, and that should be a touchdown. And, and if we see that come up again, I hope it will be a touchdown. Yeah, and, you know, this is one of those instances where I think the Ravens effectively use the verticality of the field. I think the Ravens are really bad at using the vertical depth in their routes when they are passing the ball. And they're in the red zone, and they're able to kind of use both Lamar's legs and a mix of the verticality to get guys open. They need to replicate this on other plays and in other instances. Um, but this wasn't the only time that that Lamar really did kind of have a yard or two of space to throw and kind of missed another guy on kind of an easy throw. And we saw another similar play um, from the Ravens and from um, Boykin, actually, coming on kind of like a deep crosser, slant-ish type route. Um, and Boykin is open and Lamar kind of hesitates and he needs to know that he's coming open on this play. Um, and basically I, I'd say mechanically makes the same mistake. So hopefully James Urban can get with Lamar and fix this. The thing that I would point to on this play is where the other routes are on this play that aren't the receivers that are being thrown to all three of these guys. Like this is like classic cam Cameron. Like at the point that Lamar releases this ball, there's only one guy that is like really meaningfully past the sticks and all the other guys are kind of like running to the sticks and essentially stopping. And so I'm frustrated on, on one account because I think that if you use verticals there, you can create more space for Lamar to be able to make other throws or decide to run if he wants to. Um, but also, you make this a one-read play for Lamar because everybody else is going to get covered and the only throw that he can make is Boykin. And you put that kind of pressure on a quarterback. And I think that, that quarterbacks are going to also kind of suffer from that too. When it's when it's easier to be in rhythm, it's easier to read the defense, know what the defenses are going to do. Essentially, all these underneath routes, whether they are man or zone, will always be covered because of the way they run these routes, right? And so there, there are no reads and there's nothing more that Lamar can do to kind of manipulate the defense on this play. And I think that's that's the thing that drives me nuts about some of the Ravens' play designs. And this, to me, this was a good instance where this should have been a throw that's on the money and it turns into at least a 25-yard gain. But I hate this play design. Yeah, I mean, you said one thing that, that I, I wanted to, to talk a little bit more about when you said you want to have the ability for Lamar to manipulate the defense. Um, because... Part of the reason why this play didn't work was because the linebacker was reading Lamar's eyes the entire time, and he was able to come underneath the the throw or like where the throw would be going, and make it a harder throw than it had to be. 
So if if Lamar can kind of look that linebacker off, because he was locked on to his primary read the entire time, which is Boykin coming across, um, and the linebacker was able to read that. In this case, it was Van Der Esch again, I think. He actually played it pretty well, and he got enough depth on his on his zone that he was able to affect Lamar's pass. And that's why I sailed. I'm, I'm like, I'm 90% sure that that's why he wasn't able to put the ball where he wanted to, because he had, he had to get it over the linebacker. But if, if he can just, you know, convince the linebacker for half a second that he's going to, you know, pass the ball to his, you know, to his left, or just, you know, maybe just like look off the linebacker, then he has an easy throw. And I think that's something that I'd like to see um, from Lamar in this play. I know that's something he's capable of. We've, we've seen him do that time and time again in the past. Um, that's something he did regular basis last year. He, he was really good manipulating safeties and linebackers with his eyes. Um, in this instance, he, you know, he wasn't able to do that for whatever reason. It, it might be one of those things that is also a rust. You know, he just wanted to make that play. He was locked onto his guy, um, and you know, and he wasn't able to, you know, get the throw where it had to be. Um, that said, you know, it still could have been a, it still could have been a, a completed pass if he had made a better throw. It, it, it wasn't as easy a pass as I initially thought because the linebacker was underneath like that. Um, but but regardless, um, I think that's a play that you definitely want your quarterback to make, just like the previous one. Yeah, so those were, I mean, those are examples where Lamar really struggled. And look, Lamar was, what, 12 for 17. And, you know, we can we can talk a little bit about the Hollywood interception here. Um, this play drive drives me absolutely bonkers for I can't tell you how many reasons. So I'm going to kind of break it down quickly. First, Luke Wilson just absolutely whiffs on, on his, like, rub route, right? And I don't love this rub route design, right? Like, I'd much rather put... Wilson on the other side of this field and run a crosser here and let him run like physical interference instead of having to like fake a route and then get out into another route and, and rub run that as the screen. You see a lot more of these like mesh crosser concepts for these rubs that are a lot more effective. I, I'd rather do that. Right. The thing that bothers me the most about this play though, and, and Wilson absolutely blows this play. And I think again, this is just like a one read and maybe these one read type things are, more connected to Lamar not being able to practice all week. And so you need more one read type plays. But my problem is the slot guy on the left side that runs kind of like this short out short of the sticks. Um, and, and I am absolutely sure that that is the reason why this play ultimately doesn't work or turns into an interception, right? Because if, because when he runs that breaking out route, it allows the defender that is kind of just to the left of the shield at the 42 yard line to stay there. Now, if that same guy runs north and south, then you are putting the pressure on either the slot defender to stay with Duvernay there or the robber, who is the safety that's coming up out of this. Like, they, they show cover two. The safety to the right kind of turns into a robber who comes down into the field to take away this exact pass they took away or to pressure Lamar if he decides he wants to try and run the ball. You pressure him in deciding what he wants to do. If du Duvernay's beat his guy up the field, then Lamar's got a wide open touchdown to throw up the seam. Right. And if he doesn't, then Lamar looks down. He's got Brown wide open underneath him and there's nobody in that area and that void and he can throw it to him. Even if he overthrows it or doesn't make a great throw, the robber isn't there to make the interception because A, they're farther down the field. But B, he's ideally taking a couple steps back and is either probably at the 45, 46, 47 yard line to help with Duvernay because there's no way that you can cross his face like that and not hold that defender. It also keeps him deeper, which allows Lamar to have a chance to run the ball. You open up so many more of these opportunities, even if you even if you miss the pick play, right? 
none of those things happen on this play. You get you you get Dobbins, I think it is, running in a deep nine route on the outside. Nobody cares. No extra attention is going to get paid to that. You run Duvernay on an out where you got the crosser coming right across that, right? So, like, even if the defender for Duvernay, who's running the short out, decides to give up on the route because he doesn't think he's going to throw it, he's going to turn around and he's going to run right into Marquise Brown, even if he completes that ball. So you're almost just begging in this instance to, to place the defenders in a spot to stop this play. And so it's not a great decision by Lamar to throw this ball. Um, I think Hollywood, if he doesn't tip it, it doesn't turn into an interception. So I don't think that's a huge, I wouldn't hugely fault this to Lamar. But again, this play design just absolutely drives me bonkers. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I agree with everything you said. I, I hate the way the, the, the pick was designed. I think it's a really dumb play. Like, it didn't work, but I don't. I, I just don't think it's going to work most plays. And if it does work, it's going to get called an offensive pass interference because it, it really, this was an offensive pass interference. It could have been flagged easily. He wasn't, you know, running that route. He was literally just going to pick the player. He even, like, makes it look like he's picking. I don't I don't know. That was stupid. Anyway, he did a horrible job of, of actually doing the job of picking. Um, and that maybe that's why it wasn't get called because he was just so bad at it. But um, regardless, it's, you know, even Hollywood's route was south or not to the chains. Like he was, you know, four yards short of the, the, the sticks. And even if he catches it, you know, he has another defender who's going to be coming downhill to stop him. Um, because we know Hollywood Brown probably isn't going to break a tackle. So um, it's just not a, a great play design anywhere. And and there should be better options um, on the field because he wasn't open and there's nowhere else for for the Jackson to go with the ball. So it was just, it was just ugly all around. And this is the kind of play that you don't want to see again. Um, hopefully this is one of the ones that gets like fired off into the atmosphere and burned away. Um, so, you know, these are pretty much the bad plays. I think the ones that we thought were like some some sort of really bad to horrendously ugly. Um, but there were also some really good plays um, that we saw out of Lamar Jackson in this game. Um, what's what's the next one that you want to talk about? Let's talk about the Boykin touchdown. And, and, you know, I'll let you break down the play. But the context I want to give to this is that if the Ravens run – play action and show looks like they're going to run on first down, which they've done incessantly all season long, really good things are going to happen. Yeah. So obviously um, if you've been paying attention to this podcast at all, or following me on Twitter, one of the things I complain about the most is the Ravens tendency to run on first down. And this game was honestly no different. They ran the ball a lot on first down and it had its, plays that it worked. Um, so I, I can't be too critical in a game where you're actually running the ball well. It's okay, I guess, to run on first down. But there were still a number of times where they're running the ball, giving this to Ingram, he gets his one or two yard rush, and then you're at you know second along. And, and that's what we want to avoid, if at all possible. But we did see a few times where the Ravens used play action. And this is one example of it. Um, the other touchdown, ironically enough, also play action on first down. Um, this one is just, you know, it's it's a great design. The you have two verts um, on on the one side of the field, and that's occupying two corners, and the safety is coming over to help, and that allows Duvernay on his kind of deep post route to be wide open as the defender who should have been, you know, getting depth in that zone 
is sucked up by play action. And then, you know, Boykin was wide open for the touchdown. I mean, wide open for a pass that was, you know, well thrown by Lamar. It was right on the money. And then, you know, Boykin made a couple of players miss in the open field to get the touchdown. So a lot of things went right for that to be a touchdown. But it was, regardless, it was still, it was a great play design. It was a great, obvious um, position to do that play call because you're getting a quick change after the Ravens had just formed forced an interception. You want to take a shot when, on those kind of plays. And it just it worked to perfection. And this is exactly the kind of thing that, you know, I've been talking about. This is why you you do play action on first down because it allows you to have that extra little window of space that the the receiver can get open. And if it's not Miles Boykin, it's going to be Mark Andrews or maybe it's going to be, you know, Willie Sneed. But these plays are going to be be there for you know for the Ravens if they continue to want to use them. And I, th- I think it's something that we should see more and more. Um, and and it wasn't the only play that they did play action play action on. Sorry, that was effective. I mean, I already mentioned the other touchdown. There's also a nice little play action pass to Patrick Ricard on first down that you know was a nice little eight yard rumble. Um, and those are the kind of plays you can get on a regular basis, but they just ref- refuse to use them more as frequently as they should. And I don't understand why. Yeah. Why what are, I, I cannot tell you why. Um, I, I think the Ravens need to be willing to pass it more on first town and run it more on second and long. Um, and just like, just like any good team in the NFL is going to need to do. And we actually saw the Cowboys actually run the ball effectively on second and longs because the Ravens would either change their packages or their defense. Um, and Elliott had some of his longest gains on second and long type plays. The Ravens, I think, would see the same results if that happened. Um, that being said, there are a couple reasons why I think this play worked that, that you know, beyond just kind of the route concepts. Um, it's worth noting that this is a play action pass, but the Ravens show kind of like a power action off the pistol. And you see um, Bozeman actually pull from the left guard spot to the right guard spot. And that's what like Vander Esch is going to get a lot of crap later in this podcast, as he all very well deserves. But that's why he bites here. His key, I think, is supposed to be Ingram. But when you're trying to key a guy and you see someone else pulling, your instinct is, in most instances, that that is not going to be a pass. Um, And the Ravens need to use things like that to their advantage, right? They use Ricard at tight end. It's like a heavy run-blocking package. It's not Luke Wilson. You know, it's none of those things. And so you're going to, you're going to bait people into thinking in those, in those, in those instances that that's what you're going to get from it. And you definitely have both kind of Duvernay and I think it's Marquise Brown actually that's running a skinny post on the inside that holds the safety up to the top. And that's what opens it up for, for Boykin. And even, you know, I'd argue that anybody would score a touchdown here. You know, when, when Boykin catches the ball, he's kind of at the 20. There's not a defender within six yards of him. Um, And the safety that's kind of coming towards him has already turned his hips in the other way, needs to turn them back. And and that's a guy that you'd expect an NFL receiver to be able to beat in that instance. And so that's what makes this play so good is that you hold everybody else on the other side and you run a deep crosser route to be able to open this up. If the, and Greg Roman probably doesn't spend a lot of time playing Madden. But if you do spend any time playing Madden, and I, I haven't played for a few years now, but my guess is this hasn't changed. The deep crosser routes that run kind of the 10 to 15 yard depth down the field are incredibly popular for the same reason that this play worked. Because you are deep enough that you are now beyond kind of the sinking linebackers that come up 
And if you run plays that go behind it, there are going to be opportunities to be successful. If the players drop too deep there, then Lamar Jackson is going to have all the space in the world to run, and he's going to take full advantage of those opportunities, and he's going to be really successful in doing it. And so I have this play call or this play design was fantastic, and I want to see the Ravens kind of utilize more of kind of what I call – like this isn't specifically levels, right? Like like levels is much more – directly in line right like you have a crosser a skinny post and a deep post that are all lining up in order um and so it just makes it hard to defend defensively but you do have a guy on a post and the deep crosser um and the play action kind of like being kind of your your underneath mechanism that makes us be successful the ravens need to figure out how to replicate this they need they need guys at all three phases of the game to be successful yeah, and this is the kind of play that also you use when you look at other teams' tendencies. Because this is a first first and ten play, right? And you know that, you know, because you run a lot on first down, the other opposing team is probably going to be in some type of zone coverage, probably, you know, probably cover three. And, or maybe, you know, some kind of like, you know, cover six or something, like, some, something like that. But this is exactly how you take advantage of that because you're stressing those three deep defenders with the two verticals and then because of the play action you're sucking in the linebackers and you're creating this massive void in the middle so this is the perfect kind of of you know concept that's going to be able to attack that void in the middle of a zone defense you know similar to like a, a dagger where you have the vert and then you have the vert maybe running out of the slot and you have the the, the kind of like the deep like crosser that's going to come right, in that, from, that dig, yeah yeah or the, the dig is going to come out from like the more outside wide receiver and that's a that's a route combination that's going to work on against most zone defenses, and that's something that um, we've we've seen the Ravens use that concept a few times, and something that I think you can use a lot more on play action on on first down. I think that's something that is going to be available to to the Ravens, and it's going to be open a lot of the time. So these are the kind of plays that I think you really want to start taking more advantage of, and um, and you can also do you know kind of like the sale. I mean, this is kind of like a sale. It's, it's similar to that concept. So there's a lot of you know route combos that that you can do on play action that's going to take advantage of the zone looks that you're probably going to see because the defense is going to want to take away that you know that run on on first down because the Ravens are so likely to do that. And now that you've been putting that run out there over and over and over again, you can really start nailing teams with this kind of with this kind of attack. Yeah, and look, it's it's a myth that you need to be running successfully to set up play action. Teams are just going to bite on that look no matter what. So keep doing this. Keep it up, Greg Roman. Pat on the back for this one. And pat on the back for this next one. And, and I'll let you set us up here, um, Gabe. But here's my question. You asked earlier this year, when's the last time we saw a Raven run a double move this season? And I, we got one here. And, and what did we see? So this is the play where Lamar Jackson hits was Hollywood for for the touchdown. That's it's one of the prettier passes you're going to see on on any you know any football field. Um, and it's kind of when, every time I watch this play, I'm a I'm a little hesitant to think it's on purpose, but I think it is on purpose. I think this was intentional that you know that the Ravens set up. So first of all, it's play action. Lamar pumps to, you know, I don't know, the tight end or Ricard coming out, leaking out, but there's nothing there. It, but the defense is sucked into the other side of the field. Lamar kind of then, you know, uses his athleticism to to get back on the other side. And that kind of keys Marquise Brown to to take his 
initial route where he just kind of stopped and then do a quick double move like like you put it and he's running to the corner of the end zone and Lamar just puts that you know football right on the dime in the corner of the end zone exactly where it has to be Brown makes a great catch and you know it, it's an incredible play and it's something that I think um is helped by the fact that the Ravens use play action here because it, it allows the, the defense to kind of, you know, be on their heels a little bit. And then, you know, you have a lot of time if you're Jackson too, because if he has pressure in his face, this, this play isn't going to work, but because of the way the defense reacted, he's able to, you know, set his feet. And even though he's moving to his left, he's still able to put a perfect pass on to exactly where, where Hollywood needs to go. So all around one of the most in- impressive throws you'll ever see. Great catch, great play design. I love it. Yeah, the I definitely think this is intentional, and I think that the the one nuance that I I like about this play also is that at one point after Lamar makes the pump, he does this little subtle thing where he also makes it look like it's, he's going to run, and I think that's what also makes this play happen. As soon as Lamar does that thing where it looks like he's going to try and either break and tain or he's going to try and run up the field everybody sucks up towards the line of scrimmage. And it's the thing that takes, I'd say that they were in kind of like a robber, like maybe it, maybe it was covered too. And the safety like blows this coverage, but he does this like kind of pump thing where you see his left foot out in front of his right foot. And he kind of is almost like, like kneeling down ish in, in how it looks. And that commits the entire defense to suck back up and allows Lamar the space to throw this ball. Um, it is a perfectly thrown ball. And, and I think the part that makes you think that it's not intentional is that also, in addition to that, Marquise Brown has a lot of room to run when he breaks into the second route without anybody behind him. This doesn't, it, it's a 20 yard, I think by the, by the yardage of the, the rule, it's a 20 yard touchdown, but really it's all the way back to the corner, 30 yards. And from where Lamar kind of lets the ball go it travels like 37 yards in the air. If you kind of assume that the ball is caught on that very back line, Um, that's a long throw for a touchdown from the 20 yard line. Um, And so I think Lamar just kind of put it up there. He put the air under it and he gave his guy a chance to get the ball. Um, That's not what he did on the, uh, on the, the miles Boykin play we talked about earlier, but that's, that's what he has to do um, to be able to make this kind of thing successful. Yeah. And and this is just, like I said, it's, it's so pretty. It's it's the perfectly thrown ball. It's a it's a well run route. Um, he was actually not the defender wasn't like in horrible position. Um, I thought it was actually decent coverage given you know the one on one nature of this this route. Um, but he was the you know Brown was able to create just enough separation where he was able to just sprint to the corner and the ball was right there waiting for him. And you know this is something they had to have worked on. Um, the more I think about it, just the timing of it, it's it's clear that Brown you know started to break his route as soon as he saw Lamar Jackson turn and you kind of like make that move like he's going to come around to the other side. And it's just it's just a play that I think you want to see maybe in a big moment. Um, this was kind of a big moment. They needed to get that score here um, to get that two kind of touchdown lead. And I think this is, you know, the perfect time to break out something like this. And I'm glad to see this kind of play is something that's in the playbook. Yeah, totally. And then, you know, so that, that, those are the passing plays, but you know, it's Lamar Jackson. So we'd be, we'd be remiss not to talk about one of these uh, running plays and, um, 
Look, the Ravens have run this play a handful of times now this year, and it's been wildly successful, and they should run it more often, if you ask me. Um, it's it's basically like a little like kind of like inverted veer, um, or it, it isn't kind of like it. it. It basically is an inverted veer run. Um, and the Ravens have been really successful out of this formation and running the ball this way, um, and this touchdown was no different. Yeah, I mean, I think this is – maybe the exact same play we saw in what is it, week five against the Washington football team. Um, if not the exact same play, a very similar play design. Um, you know, th- another important block by Bozeman who comes around pulling, he, you know, he puts just enough of a distraction on, on the d- defensive end that Lamar is able to, to make him miss and m- make him kind of like take an angle that he couldn't get to, to Jackson. And this is kind of the thing we we're talking about earlier where instead of having an unblocked defender that Jackson has to just make him miss on his own, there is a blocker there that he's able to use to kind of help give himself a better angle. And that is really important on this play because if, you know, the defender can take a cleaner um, route to Jackson, this might've been a negative play and it might, and on fourth down, this is, you can't afford a negative play, obviously. So the other thing, I think if we compare it to the Washington game, what happened in that game was the the defensive end just kind of like ran himself out of the play completely. Um, and in this one, he almost did it as well, but this time we, we had the the kick out block by Bozeman. Um, and then also, you know, great job uh, by the right tackle. And in this case, I think it is Phillips who's in it, this one and he seals the edge really well. Um, and then we have to talk about Leighton Vander Esch, who we've alluded to earlier just gets completely, completely fooled on this play. And it is a good job of, you know, at the mesh point with, you know, giving the, you know, the fake to Dobbins and, and taking it kind of at the last second. But Vander Esch is literally running the wrong direction. And if he just, you know, minds his gap, this could also be stopped. Um, but he doesn't. And it's a great fake and he goes the wrong way. And Jackson has a co- complete runway open up in front of him for him to get to the touch for the touchdown because there's not a safety on this play. They're all sucked up in zero coverage. So another good play design. We've seen it work a number of times and, you know, every single time it's been a Lamar touchdown. So yes, maybe we'll see it again sometime. Yeah. You know, the one, the one thing that I would excuse Van Der Esch on is that I think the edge guy is supposed to be following Dobbins and he obviously loses contain on Dobbins. And that makes, Van Der Esch think twice about that. I think that the Cowboys were not prepared from a run defense perspective to defend a play like this. And that's why you see something like this happen. But at the same time against the Washington football team, you know, we've seen the Ravens pick up first downs out of this formation um, in other games. I'm trying to remember there's another big fourth down in maybe the first Pittsburgh game where they run the same play. Um, And I think Lamar only gets like four or five yards, but he picks up a short, fourth down play um, that was really big and needed. And then they they ran this play again on the touchdown in maybe the Cincinnati game or the, where it gets called back. Um, and I think this was also the same look on that play. Um, so this is one that really confuses teams. You get that kind of double pull action coming one way, but you get the play action going the other way. And I think the next layer to this is also – because if you think about this, if a teams are going to overcommit to this on the next time, Dobbins is going to be kind of wide open on that other side for Lamar to stop running and turn around and just 
kind of toss the ball lightly in the air to him and be able to have him run it in too. Um, so I think we're going to see that at some point and the Ravens can do some variations from this and they can make it be really effective and, you know, still be able to break it down from there. So I, I'm, I'm excited about what we're seeing on all of this. Um, and I'm excited about this, the team moving forward. There's enough good play calls and enough good things here and enough from Lamar that makes me think that the Cleveland game is more winnable than I would have thought it was before last week or before, before this, this game on Tuesday. Yeah. And one of the things that I thought was really interesting um, about this game is they, the Cowboys have a pretty poor defense, but they do have one really elite player in um, DeMarcus Lawrence, an edge defender who's still playing at a very high level. And he was a guy that, um, Lamar was able to make miss with the help of Bradley Bozeman on, on this rushing play. And I think he's someone that is in a lot of ways, you know, similar to miles Garrett, someone that the, the Browns have now the Browns have more talent around him, especially on the defensive line than the Cowboys do. But with the way the, the Ravens, you know, design their run game, you can kind of take away an elite edge defender. Um, if, 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 you do it the right way. If you have someone blocking that guy on some, some of these crackback blocks, or not, I mean not crackback blocks, but some of these like pull blocks, um, you can do some kind of like some variations with your with your like fullback as well, um, and that might give you know the Ravens the ability to kind of win up front without you know allowing their best player to be put in positions to succeed, and that's something that you you definitely want to do when when you're you, you don't have necessarily the talent um, at offensive tackle to to just straight up beat a guy like Miles Garrett because I don't know I mean if he's lining up a, across from the right tackle that's that's one of the biggest mismatches you're ever going to see in, in the NFL so they're going to have to figure out creative ways to kind of take him out of the game um, I, I remember back in week one you know Garrett had a lot of nice pressures but Jackson was able to avoid them and make some you know some really impressive plays with his feet that led to long completions. And that's the kind of thing that I think we're going to have to see um, in order for for the Ravens to continue, um, you know, piling or you know, getting another another win. So I'm I'm hopeful that they have a, a good plan to, to kind of take Garrett out of that game. Um, but I I agree with you that it's, it's really just about how Jackson can play um, because you know I've kind of been saying that the past couple of weeks as well, and the way that end of the season is all going to be on, on Jackson and, and how he plays because the Ravens are a little depleted um, offensively, defensively, and he's the guy who has to kind of up his game and, and make the plays that matter. And I think we saw that in this game. Um, I want to continue seeing that from him. Um, he's He was very effective with his feet in this one. And, and I think the rust will be shaken off in the passing game and, he, and he'll make some of those throws that he was not able to com- complete in this game. Yeah, well, and I think that's the big question as we head into next week is how healthy is the defense? How coordinated are they to be as diverse and complex as we've seen from them? And the same thing from the offense. You know, are Snead and Andrews ready? Are they healthy? Can they contribute? I could see how their additions could make this passing game much more effective. As well as Des Bryant. Um, you know, we haven't heard whether or not his test, he tested again positive, whether it was a false negative or a false positive or anything like that. So there there are interesting questions as we head into next week, but I think there are a lot of options for the Ravens. 
there are a lot of pathways to success, but I refuse to get my hopes up because this team has continued to burn me every time I have my hopes up this season. Well, that's definitely been the case um, in a number of a number of times this year, and I'm I'm hopeful that you know they kind of put those those poor performances behind them. They really have to focus at the end of the season now. They they really need to kind of come together and and get these wins, or else you know they're not going to make it to the to the playoffs. And um, I think they know that this is probably the most important game on the schedule, and you know, they don't want to lose to a divisional opponent, especially not the Browns who've kind of clowned on them a couple of times in recent years. And I think that, you know, this is a game where you kind of throw the kitchen sink at them. You know, you, you use every kind of trick you have in order to to, to come away with a win. And I, if you look at the rosters, I'm not sure which one has a more talented team. I might actually lean Browns at this point of the season, considering all the injuries the Ravens have had. But I think the Ravens still have the best player, and that's Lamar Jackson. And I think if they can, you know, put him in the position to succeed, then they, they will come away with a win in this game. Yeah, we're we're gonna we're gonna see what kind of metal and what kind of heart this Ravens team has, this coaching staff has, in particular that Lamar Jackson has. And I don't think that it means that he doesn't have it if the Ravens flame out here. Um, but this is a chance for the Ravens to rise up and answer the critics and. They didn't do it in the playoffs last year against Tennessee. They didn't do it in week three against Kansas City this year. They didn't do it in against Kansas City last year. Um, they need to do it. They didn't do it against Pittsburgh in either of the games where, you know, you had a fading team, I think, in Pittsburgh. And, and they had shots in both instances to take them down, too. So this is your shot, Baltimore. <laughs> you know, listen to Hamilton. Um, it's time to take it. <laughs> nice reference <laughs> um any other thoughts that you have before we head into to next week in the next game no i think that you know we pretty much covered everything i i do think the, the ravens defense needs to get better they need to get better especially against the run versus the browns because that's the thing that um you know if we look back at, at week one the, the browns actually gashed the ravens in the first half um on the ground and then it, it took the ravens getting out to a big lead and, and having the ball be forced into uh Baker Mayfield's hands and you know having Wink kind of attack him with his with his pressure schemes that really set that game in a different direction but you know I think it's going to be a tough matchup the Ravens are definitely going to have to to figure that out how to stop that ground game and if they can do that I think they'll be in good shape but that that's where it's all going to start and on, and on on offense, you know, it's the same thing that we talked about. It's, it's Lamar Jackson. It's, it's getting Andrews back. Hopefully, you know, he came off the COVID list today. So that's that's a great sign. And uh, Judon, too. So getting him back will be great. Yep. I'm excited for the Ravens season again. I was not excited for this Cowboys game. Um, they did enough to get me excited again. So we're hopeful that we're not going to get get a letdown. Um, check us out on Twitter. I'm at BSL Jordan Co. He's at Gabe Fergie. Um, we'd love to hear from you guys. And uh, thanks for listening in tonight. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.